I'm Lisa Stone, and you are listening to Season 8 of Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 8 of the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone. This is our second to last episode of the season. Hard to believe. We have done a bunch this year. It's been really fun, but we've got one more to finish out 2019, and then we're going to be taking a little hiatus until the new year. I have learned from experience that the month of December is not a good month for podcast traffic, and everybody's so stinking busy with the holidays and travel and family and all good things, and uh, so we will take our little hiatus as well. But in this week's episode, we have Todd Whittem back with us, and it's been a while since Todd's been on the podcast, and he and I have texted back and forth many, many times trying to make things work uh, with my move. That got a little crazy, but I finally got him back on the show, and we are going to be discussing point construction and how kids need to be taught point construction and what coaches can do to teach these children how to understand the geometry of the court, how to understand and recognize their opponent's strengths and weaknesses, and how to play to those strengths and weaknesses. So I think you're going to find this episode super informative. Todd shares some good details, some good tips. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Parenting Aces with Todd Whittem. Todd Whittem, so happy to have you back on the podcast. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for having me once again. Well, it's fun. And I mean, we haven't done one in a few weeks and it was just kind of time. So I'm happy that you could carve some time out of your busy schedule to join me. Well, it's about time you invited me back on, Lisa. Come on. (laughs) Now, you know, you always have an open invitation anytime. And every time I see you post a podcast with somebody else, I get a little twinge of jealousy. I got to admit. Well, it's just to keep you on your toes a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) So today we are going to talk point construction and why that's important. And so I am going to just let you do your thing. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, well, where do we start? So basically, I posted... um, I posted some videos of uh, of an 11 year old that's training full time in my system on Facebook and on Instagram. So if people would like to uh, take a look at that, they can. And so it gave uh, it gave a good topic, I believe, for the show on point construction for junior tennis players and how you accomplish that. And and really, I've had many parents over the last say it's about nine and a half years I've been coaching that have contacted me saying, well. My child looks great in practice, and and they're having great lessons, and they're having great groups. But for some reason, they just don't know what they're doing in a tournament. They don't know how to construct points, and they don't know how to compete, and and I don't know what to do. And so that's a very normal phone call for me um, with with uh, the parents of our junior tennis players. So how do we accomplish this? How do we teach kids how to construct proper points? First, what I can say before we even get into point construction is that it starts with a good foundation. So if, if, 
if anyone knows how Pierre and I teach or they look at our social media, I put a lot of stuff out there. And so, you know, people can try to, you know, obviously take a look at it, maybe copy it, whatever they'd like to do. But the bottom line is tennis, tennis is about hitting targets. Okay. And, and hitting proper targets. And in order to do that physically, mentally, technically, the, the this, these these foundation the foundation of of those things they have to be very solid to even think about constructing a proper point okay so i've had i can give you an example i've had college players that have come over that that i've never saw in their junior tennis career and i and just a very simple cross court drill i put i put a cone two or three feet from the baseline and the sideline for both players and and all i'm looking at is how often they can hit these hit these targets. Mm-hmm. Great players can get in great position. They can strike the ball the same. They can put the same spin on the ball. They can they can duplicate shots over and over and over again to hit proper targets on a tennis court. Okay, so that that's a foundation. And so and I can tell you that I've had many college players that that after a couple balls or two, yeah, say say two, three balls, they're spraying it all over the place. So right then and there, and I haven't put any pressure on them or anything. They're not in a tournament match. They're they're not competing. All they're doing is drilling and, and, and they're struggling. Why? Because it's, it's, it's about the foundation. So the proper foundation, the kids have solid footwork. They have solid balance, striking ability. They can hit the ball the same way. They can concentrate for longer periods of time. They can hit the ball in front of them. They understand the height and the depth that's required to hit a proper solid ball over and over and over again. So first and foremost, that's what we work on. And every child coming to me is from is is different. Right? They have different body types, they've had different coaching, different backgrounds, everything is different. So as I've said in many other podcasts, the goal is to make sure that these kids are rocking and rolling and playing great tennis by the time they're 16 to 18 years old to get ready for high level college tennis, which is why yeah. people come to me. So yeah. So my normal client that comes to me is, you know, for people that maybe don't know me, is that they're coming in and they're requesting the most elite colleges in the country. And obviously they're in, in the world. They are the Harvards and the Stanfords and the you know, University of Virginia's and, and those types of schools. That's why the kids are coming into the type of system that I have. So the kids have to be trained really well. And so I'm one of the few guys in my generation of when I came out of out of college tennis and pro tennis that went into the private sector junior development. Most of the guys that I competed with either went into college coaching or they went in or they started working for the USTA. So we have very good relationships, Pierre and I, with with a lot of the guys I competed with, as well as a lot of the coaches in, in the college arena that were coaching when, when I came through uh when I came through college tennis. So a couple of their of their main concerns with tennis players and especially the American players is number one, they play too short. They don't hit the ball deep enough. Right. So we're talking about targets again. They're they're not tough enough and they're not problem solving well. Right. And they tough have enough trouble. meaning mentally or physically? Mentally mentally to tough enough, yes, to compete and problem solve and figure out a way to win for their tennis team. Got it. Right. So if something's not going well, they don't know how to switch it up and adapt to the situations to be able to get through that match and come away with a win. And then and then lastly is point construction. 
they, they're, they're struggling. A lot of the kids are struggling to plan a proper tennis point. They're hitting, they're running, they may be competing hard, but they really don't fully understand what they're supposed to be doing and how they're supposed to be breaking down their opponent's weakness across the net. So if, if you don't understand that, that it's, it's tough to become a great player. And so these things are trained every single day in, in, in my system. So how, how, how do you accomplish that, right? We'll go back to what, what we really want to talk about is playing construction. Well, there's targets of where to serve on proper marks, where to hit the first ball, how to, how to then create a game for, for particular individuals so that they are playing their best tennis from 16 to 18 years old. And to be hitting these proper targets over and over and over again, you have to have a great foundation not only of technically and physically, but mentally, you cannot have lapses or else you'll see it. They'll be missing their targets. They'll be playing down the middle of the court and, and these types of things and playing short. And so in high level tennis, you'll get in trouble. Okay. But so before you can teach point construction, as you're saying, you have to ensure that these other fundamentals are in place. So, I mean, from a parent's perspective, watching their child and they come to you and again, you know, you say you hear this all the time and, and I can tell you, if I had known you when my kid was playing juniors, I probably would have called you with the same thing. My kid looks great in practice, you know, does, hits the ball solid, moves well, can hit targets, but gets into a match and the point construction just isn't there. He doesn't have the tools or the knowledge to string points together, to win games, to win sets, to win matches. And there is a disconnect there, right? I mean, it's, it's really bizarre to me that kids that develop this amazing technique, amazing footwork, you know, are strong mentally don't have that other piece of it. And some kids have it, intuitively they're they're born with it somehow they understand the geometry of a tennis court and how to move and where to hit the ball and all of that but that's a rare breed that that comes to it naturally most of the kids have to be taught and what is happening out there that the kids aren't learning this facet that really makes the difference between winning and losing i I agree with everything that you just said Almost every single player that has come through my door, and, and, and I've trained some amazing amateurs. I've sent them to great colleges. It's been very exciting. They don't really know what they're doing. They compete well. They, they, they fight hard. They may have a decent foundation of technique. They may be great athletes, but they really don't understand where they should be serving, how they should be creating a point, how to plan a point. They get up to the line, they serve, they run, they hit the ball, they win, they lose, they and they do it over and over and over again for a couple hours, and hopefully they win. Right. And they're not really assessing what, what's going on. And, and these exactly. things, they are taught. They're taught. Okay? I mean, it, it's not it's not go take your lessons in groups and go to a court and go, go play a match, and, and you'll just learn on your own. I mean, I, I don't – because, quite honestly, I mean, I don't see – you know, I don't see kids improving in, in, in that aspect. And so if you're not improving in, in how to compete and how to construct points for your game, you're not going to get better. You're not going to get the results. 
And so that's, that's, that's a tough part for, of development, I think, for, for systems, for academies, and for a lot of kids, because a lot of kids want to want to go and, and take a lesson and work on maybe some technique or coaches want to do that. And, and, and then groups, and there's a bunch of kids on the court. So I don't know how you accomplish really learning how to construct a point unless it's in a very controlled private arena for that individual or for those two individuals on the court competing against Mm -hmm. each other with a coach that knows how to coach it. Well, and that was going to be my next question for you, Todd, is, you know, is the issue that so many of the coaches out there don't understand how to teach point construction, or is it just a matter of they've got so many kids on the court and this is not something that you can do in a large group environment, or is it a combination of factors? Well, I think it could be a combination. I mean, and I, I can tell you, I mean, I'm on social media all the time. I'm trying to put stuff out there and, and put good content and, and everything. And so if you look at a lot of videos, a lot of, I don't, how many videos do you see where kids are actually learning how to, how to play? Right. They're, they're drop fed, they're hand fed, they're fed out of a bucket all these things are hitting balls all over the place. So when people that are listening to this podcast, when you go and watch these videos on social media and the coaches that, you know, are coaching and doing these things, you're seeing kids hitting the ball all over the place. And I can tell you from what I think of when I see a lot of these videos is I can't really figure out why they're doing these drills and what the productivity is. And so if I don't understand it, I, it, does, do the kids understand it? Are they learning? Are they getting better? Or is it a show for, for social media? Is it a marketing thing? Or what is it? Right. Mm-hmm. And so the kids are hitting the ball all over the place. And so the marks that they're hitting they're you know, th- those are not marks on, on, on a tennis court that you're going to become a really high level tennis player and, and, and win more matches. It's a nice show, right? I mean, it, it may look good, but what, what is, what is the purpose? You know, I, I don't, I don't see right. the, 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 the purpose. You know, what, what are the children learning? So I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a big combination of things. I think that, you know, I mean, I, th- I think in, in America, I can't speak for the world, but in America, a lot of things are lessons and groups in this country. And so it's, it's not a surprise that America is struggling with, and I'm not even talking about the pro tennis arena it's struggling at the amateur arena to have kids go to elite colleges and play high in the lineups. All you have mm-hmm. to do is just look at, look at the rosters. It's, you know, so, so these are the concerns from the college coaches. And, and I mean, I see, I see it coming through my door all the time is that from the foundation of what we spoke about to the concentration, to having, being able to concentrate and duplicate and have, and, and have enough repetitions and, and, and stroke production over and over and over again, we're not seeing that. So then that's what we're teaching. And then right. when that is solid, then we can get into how to construct a proper point. So, so the kids can have great results and be on their way to achieving what they would love to achieve in their tennis. So, I mean, okay. So we, we get the strokes down, we get the footwork down. Um, we drill targets um, and and help our kids learn how to be consistent at hitting a target over and over and over again. And then the next step after that is the point construction. How is that taught? What do you do as a coach to help a kid learn how to construct a point in various situations? Sure. So, so we put the targets, 
we put four targets in the service box boxes. So we have a wide on the deuce. We have a T on, on the deuce. We have a T on the ad. We have a wide on the ad. Then we have targets uh, in the forehand corner. If this was you know, obviously a right-handed player um, on, on the, on the deuce side, about three feet by three feet from the baseline and the sideline and the same on the, uh, on the ad side. Okay. Right? So we lay out these targets just like what you saw on Facebook yeah, right? and Instagram, what I put. Okay. Then they start obviously with their serve, right. Or if they're returning and if they don't hit that target, the point stops. Okay. And we, and we do it over and over and over again until they can hit a proper serve on the mark. And they've trained it with serving buckets and, and hitting targets and those types of things. But so they start with that. Then, then, then they start with a proper first ball. And, and also each, each individual, each, each child is, is developing their own game so that, like I said, from 16, 18 years old, they're playing amazing, great tennis and they're, 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 they're peaking and and playing great tennis. So. Okay. So let me interrupt you one second. So Frank, Frank Giampaolo talks a lot about an A game, a B game, a C game like that, and recognizing what kind of player you are and developing you know, strategies around your game style, where, whether you're an aggressive baseliner, whether you like to serve in volley, a chip and charge, whatever it is, that's your style. And so you're taking that into more detail, or we're taking that into more detail with this conversation today, saying, okay, you have a style that you like to play. And you're, you as the coach aren't trying to necessarily tell a servant volleyer, no, no, don't play that style. We're going to change it to this style. You're helping them learn how to construct a point around the style that they're comfortable with. Am I saying that properly? Um, I would say yes and no. Okay. So there are many times where the style of play that, that a junior, that a junior is playing is not going to work when, 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 when they're 16, 18 years old. And I can tell you for the most part, what I'm talking about is they're too defensive. They're scared this, to miss. They're playing too passive. Is this true for boys and for girls? Yes. Okay. There, I've had, I've had some cases where kids maybe play too big and they get wild. So we have to tone it down and teach them how to be more solid, but they're still really hitting the ball and, and accelerating and doing those things. But for the most part, most of the kids, their, their foundation, many of them, is that they're playing too passive and too short. And, 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 and so by the time they get to 16, 18 years old, that, that those crucial years, a lot of them get a little, little beaten up with that game style. Okay, You can win with that game style many times in, in the younger divisions. But then as you start going into the 16 and the 18 and under divisions, you got to have some pop and you got to be physical and you got to be strong and you got to be able to, you know, have some weapons and, and, you know, construct the points and, 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 and those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, we have to develop the confidence of, of, of the player, right? If, if, if they're scared to miss, we got to teach them and, 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 kind of, and, and really change the foundation of they believe that they can load up, with their lower body and they can rip a heavy ball and be able to do it over and over and over again, because in their mind, they're thinking that if I accelerate the ball, I'm going to miss and I'm going to lose. And, and that's not good. 
So many times we have to emotionally kind of fix some things as well before we go into, you know, developing their game style. Okay. And so once you do develop their game style, that's the next step after that is the point construction phase, right? Once you identify, you know, and help them kind of hone in on those skills of you've got to play more aggressively, you've got to, you know, be on or inside the baseline. You've got to keep the ball deep, yada, yada. Um, Now it's time for point construction. Okay. So talk me through a lesson beyond, we talked about first you set up the targets and, and the first thing that has to happen is they have to serve to the target. Then you work on the first, excuse me, the first ball after the serve. Then what happens? Then, then it, it really depends on, it depends on how, 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 good their their first ball is so what you'll see with a lot of juniors is that they serve and then they hit the ball right back to the kid they don't open the court so their serve gets canceled out right so that that's not that's not good (laughs) right so so they have to first of all they open the court and hopefully they're playing aggressive because they're the server right and they're hitting and they're hitting the targets and and they're and they're using their weapons to break down the opponent's weakness right and i and i can tell you for example that in America, if you can hit specific targets three times, four times a point, you can become an unbelievable player in the country. But you have to train and you have to be disciplined every single day about it. You can't just hit the ball all over the place and run and hope you win. Okay. So, you know, like I like I said, you know, the you know, you're they're they're constructing and, and, and there's patterns of play that each individual player should be working on every single day so that they don't have to really think about it when they're in a tournament. It's trained. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's in their brain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and that, that's, that's many times what we're doing. Can you give us an example of a pattern of play? Sure. Um, on a do side, you serve a heavy ball down the tee. If, uh, if your opponent who is returning, usually they're going to return the ball down the middle or they'll return it down the line. You then open the court, cross court to their backhand. And in high level tennis, tennis is played out of the backhand corner, usually with a backhand cross court or an inside out forehand. If you watch great players, that's where the point really begins. Okay. And so whoever really dominates that rally can then open the court to exploit a running forehand with either a backhand down the line or an inside in forehand. So it depends on how well you're hitting those targets, how well you're opening the court to start the point. And, uh, and so these are the, the, the most crucial shots in tennis and they're the least worked on is the serve, the first ball after the serve and the return of serve. The kids that I train, they, and, and they're training full time. They're training, four and a half, five hours a day, they probably work on these things at least an hour a day. The serve, the first ball after the serve, and the return to serve. You can hit balls all day long. You can take lessons in groups all day long. If those things are not solid and they can put them on specific targets, the child is going to struggle. The foundation is not there. Well, with and, point uh, construction, though, Todd, how much of it is dependent on what your opponent gives you back? Because that's where, I, I mean, think- for me, you know, as a player and my point construction skills are 
almost non-existent. Um, I, I'm one of those players that <laughs> hopes the other guy misses. So that's how I play. Oh my but gosh, we got to fix I, your brain. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I am old dog, new trick, that whole thing. I don't know. But, um, but you know, it's so let's say the kid serves an excellent serve out wide to the backhand and the opponent hits, I mean, he's ready for the serve hits an insane return, and now your plan of what to do with that next ball has kind of gone out the window because your opponent threw something at you that you weren't expecting, right? What do you do in that situation? That's where I was so confused. Well, it happens, sure. Yeah, I know. Well, it it, it could happen then all of a sudden. Like, for example, today at practice, I have a a girl who's a very high-level player. You know, if people are on the social media, they can see her. She's she's a very good player, and um, and so she was serving, she was serving the same spots against one of my hitting partners, who's a great player, right? And he started getting on her serves, no problem. And she kept serving there, and she kept serving to the same spots, and and you have to, you know, it's experience, but it's also taught is that you have to understand what is working and what is not working. And a lot of kids they can't, a lot of times they can't differentiate. You know, many times they're just in the moment and they're playing and they're not understanding what the opponent is doing. Mm-hmm. You have to understand what, what you're doing and you have to understand what they're trying to do to you. And then how, how, how do you break that down? Okay, so, so you may have to make subtle adjustments, but many times in junior tennis, I can tell you that kids, they're, they're, they may play one game plan and you'll see it for a point and then it's gone for a couple points. Then they go back to it and then they mix it up again. And all they're doing is complicating their life. They have trouble playing the same point with the same discipline over and over and over again to make their life easy. The same patterns over and over and over again. And so they lack that foundation of understanding what works and, 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 and how they're going to get on the court and win that match handily and get off the court. And it comes down to discipline of training and understanding the game. And these things are taught and, uh, and so that's why we're talking about this on this show. Right. <laughs> right. Well, but and so, you, you know, okay. I mean, if, 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 yeah, I mean, okay. if you go to a tennis tournament and you watch a player play a really good point, he has, a, you know, he or she may have a great serve, put it on a great mark. Then they open the court and they play a really good point, solid and, and, and everything. But can they do it over and over and over again? And usually the answer is no, it's gone. And then all of a sudden they get, as we call it, they get their satellite back, which is their brain, right? They're, they get their <laughs> yeah. focus back. Yeah. That's what we call it. Pierre calls it satellite. Oh, we lost satellite for a little bit. Well, let me know when you get the Wi-Fi back, right? And, and <laughs> right? You know, it's, it's, it's funny, that. but, you know, these are, these are some of our things that we talk about, right? right. Oh, we lost some satellite. And then all of a sudden, you know, three or four points go by and it's, it's sloppy and it's ugly. And then they're hitting the ball over the place. And then we get the satellite back again. And the point construction looks good. And it's this roller coaster, rocky, you know, ride that juniors go through. And, and quite honestly, it's, it's training, it's discipline, and it's day in and day out of doing these things, the foundation of you know, all the techniques, the movement, all these things, and then into, into constructing points that's going to set players apart. That, that's what happens, you know, and, and, and that's, that's really what, what goes on. Right. Well, so, okay. So they're playing this pattern, it works. And then 
they've been well-trained. So they play it again. It works again. They play it a third time. It works a third time. They play it one more time and it breaks down because the opponent is now onto them, understands what they're feeding them and the opponent is ready and takes control of the point. So I guess one of my questions has always been in regards to point construction, how do you know when it's time to move on to the next pattern of play? Well, let's talk about the percentages. If you play a certain pattern over and over and over again, say you you do it five times in a row and the opponent beats you at it once, should you change? I mean, if you're winning four out of five points, probably not. Correct. Right. Normal junior, the second the opponent or beats them or whatever, they change. Mm-hmm. And that's not correct. And I've seen this from day one, and I just don't understand it. I wasn't trained that way, is that if something is working, you don't change it. Well, okay. because I think I'll- in a kid's mind, if they lost the point, that means it's not working. Even if it's one out of five points that they lost. In their mind... Right not working right right? because they lost proper thinking in tennis well i I get that (laughs) but but i mean i think you know a kid has to hear that from somebody look hey you you played this pattern five times you won four of the five points yeah you think that doesn't work that that, that's the definition of working so it's okay. You're not going to win every single point in a match. And one of the things that I find so fascinating about watching professional tennis, especially the top players on both tours is watching and really paying attention to the patterns and what percentage of the points they're winning and what percentage they're losing, but continuing to play the same pattern. I mean, Roger Federer has his pattern, his go-to. Rafa Nadal has his go-to pattern. He plays over and over and over again. Every great player does. Right. And they lose points playing that pattern because either, you know, they just missed the ball, you know, they weren't able to execute, or the opponent hit a fabulous shot that they didn't have an answer for on that particular point. But they go right back to that pattern. And like you're saying, our kids don't do that and aren't being told, at least in my experience, that losing one point out of five is a winning proposition. Losing one point out of three is a winning proposition. Yes. It's math. It comes down to discipline. That's what this, that's what this whole tennis thing. And lack of fear. I mean, it's, I think, you know, they lose the point and they think, oh God, you know, oh, this isn't working. I got to go to something else instead of thinking, all right, I've won, you know, X number of the last points. I didn't lose, I didn't win this one, but that's okay. Let's try again. Let's see if we can do it again. But correct. I also believe, and I'm just going back from, my thoughts of, you know, developing player, just like many kids are developing junior players and everything is that the training that I went through made me believe that the things that I was doing were correct. And so I didn't stray away from them. I didn't lose the trust or the faith. And I believed that, that, that they worked 
and they did. So that made me believe in myself. If you abandon a game plan, then what, what are you doing? What, what, what are you believing in? What, what, you know, what, what, how are you playing? What, you know, how do you define the type of player that you are? And if you went to many players, many kids, and went to them and said, you know, what are your strengths and weaknesses and what defines you as a player? They, they, they'd have many times, they probably have a lot of problems answering that question. Mm-hmm. What kind of player are you? How are you going to become the most successful player? You know, how, how do you, how do you construct points? How do you use your weapons? How do you break down the other player? And, and they would probably have a lot of trouble answering those questions. Sure. Sure. So again, going back to teaching point construction and doing it in the, you know, in the confines of a tennis court and a lesson, you're working on first the serve, making sure the targets are hit. Then I just, I, and I know I keep saying this, but I think it's important to understand how these lessons progress. And, you know, as parents, we want to know what our kids should be out there doing every day that we're paying hundreds of dollars for. So we get the, the serve target, then we get the first ball target. Then what happens? Then here's, here's what I can tell you is that there are two main game plans. If you watch great players, they either have a two in one pattern, which is two to the backhand and then open the court or a one in one pattern. If you really study tennis, right? They have the player running side to side and there's specific reasons why they have these patterns, a two in one pattern. Maybe they're trying to break down the forehands and then break down a running, sorry, break down the backhand to then break down a running forehand. A one in one pattern could be that your opponent has poor mobility. So you're opening the court and going one in one to making it a running match so that they're, they're, they're on the move the whole time. Okay. Those okay. are two very main patterns of play. Very standard. The most standard of patterns. Very simple. Okay. And, and why two and one? Why not three and one or four and one? It could be if, if, say, if say that backhand side is really weak. But usually if you go two balls to one side and you keep going there a third, fourth, fifth time, that opponent parks there and, 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 and they'll start to hit the ball a little bit better, mm. you know, just, you know, on, you know, just as a generalization. They're they not recovering to the center of the court between there. They realize you're going to the same spot over and over again. So why should they? Right. So, the they, so the, yeah, we call it parking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, here, here and I call it parking it there. So once they park yep. it there, they know you're going there. Right. And so mm-hmm. then, you know, they, they, you know, then they may start to hit the ball a little bit better whatever the case shall be. But, right. you know, you, you don't, you, you, many times you don't want that. But if, if a side is so bad and I can tell you, I was on, I was on the ATP tour. If I see a side that's so bad, like really bad, really shaky, I'm going to go there all day long and they're going to have to prove to me that they can hurt me with their worst shot. Mm-hmm. And so if you watch great tennis players, on the most important moments of, of sets and games and those types of things, really smart players, they know exactly the weakness of their opponent and they hammer it because they know that during crunch time and the most stressful situations, the most important points, their weaknesses break down. Yeah. And that's understanding tennis. Well, and that's also scouting your opponent, right? 
100%. It's being organized. Yeah. And, well, and, and understanding the game. Right. But even if you understand the game and you understand point construction in junior tennis, oftentimes it's very difficult to scout an opponent. A you're playing multiple matches in a day in a, in a typical junior tournament, not at the ITF level, but USTA tournaments, you're playing multiple matches a day. So you don't really have time to scout out your opponent. Um, unless you're just playing locally and you see the same kids over and over again, then of course word gets out, you know, play this kid's backhand, drop shot this kid can't move forward, you know, hit lobs, the, the overhead's terrible, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, the word gets out on the street about that. But at the professional level, the coaches are out there scouting the next opponent, pulling video. I mean, they're, they're doing so much work. And I, I once had a coach say to me who was coaching a professional player that if a player goes out on court and loses a match at the pro level, it means one of two things. Either the coach didn't do his or her job scouting the player and developing a, a game plan or B, or two, I forgot if I said A or, or one. Um, <laughs> secondly, that the player either ignored the coach or just didn't execute the game plan. You know, he just wasn't able to make balls that day because everybody has a bad day. So to me, that was so interesting to think about the fact that, you know, if a player goes out and loses a match and a coach has given them a game plan, it's either because the game plan was wrong and the coach messed up, or the player just didn't have it that day and, you know, just couldn't make the balls in the court. Um, and I, I was would, trying... I would, Go I would ahead. yes and no to that. Okay. Yes and no. Um, in a really, really high-level, in, in a professional match really high level you have to understand that sets are probably determined by about one or two points right whether they're played well or they're not played well that's a really high level of tennis and you may play the point really well and go for the right shot and you may miss it by inches right and that's you know that that that's that's sports i mean it's it's a game of inches at that level and and the margins are so small well, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So, so if a player loses like that, it's just, you know, the player just didn't hit the marks that day, you know, just wasn't able to execute enough times to win the match. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it, it, that's what it comes down to at any level yeah. is execution. That's, I mean, whether it's junior or college or professional level is executing and being disciplined and being smart. That's what it comes down to. Well, but sometimes if the game plan is wrong and even if the player is doing a game plan, if the opponent has it figured out or it's the wrong game plan for that opponent, you're still not going to win. So that's why the whole you, you point is You want me to tell you what I'm, you want me to tell you? Yeah fire the coach. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I so, mean, that's, that's that your life. I mean, if we're talking about right. pro tennis, if, right. if, if I hired a coach and the game plan was wrong and, and the tendencies of, of my opponent 
you know, is to normally serve to certain spots and, and they were, and, and, and it wasn't right and all those things, then there's something majorly wrong. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so, but at the junior level, we don't get the luxury of scouting opponents and having time to develop a game plan for a specific opponent. Sometimes we do, but the majority of the time we don't. And so that's where having drilled these patterns of play and having had conversations like talking to each other between the coach and the player and making sure that there is a clear understanding on the player's part about why you're hitting this ball to this spot at this point in the point or in the game is so crucial. And those conversations don't tend to happen enough. In my opinion, it's, it's imperative that kids understand this if they want to be good. Imperative. Like, right. And it, but they're not going to understand it unless it's in the moment. Okay. You played this point. All right. You won that point. What did you do that caused you to win that point? Tell me, you know, I served here, then I hit here and my opponent hit there and I saw an opening and I went there. That to me says that the player understands what's happening out there. And, 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 and as well as, what is making your opponent uncomfortable? Right. Right. What, you know, what, what, what don't they like? Right. Right. And, 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 and then you hammer it. But the coach <laughs> or, has to ask those yeah. questions in the moment because to do it after a match is already over, there's, there's right. too much emotion at that point. And right. so to do it in the moment during practice having a kid play a practice set with a coach standing there and asking the questions every single point. What did you do there? Yeah. Correct. And, and right. And Mm -hmm. if they lost the point, you know, what did your opponent do that put you in a position that you were unable to execute your pattern? What happened? You know, take, Talk about it. Tell me in words what happened so I know that you understand what's going on out here. Yeah, this is, you know, you, you, you hit the nail on that. That's what great coaches but, do. Right. But not every coach does that. And I, and I get that that's really time-consuming, and it requires the coach to be 100% dialed in every single mm-hmm. minute of that lesson, which, yeah. you know, that – can be a big ask too um, <laughs> for the coach to stay dialed in the whole lesson. But to me, that's what sets great po- coaches apart from the rest. Just my opinion. I agree. I, yeah. I, mean, I mean, yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. I, I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's I'm a great job. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's basically it. <laughs> right. So as parents, what should we be asking for if we are the kind of parent that's calling you and saying, my kid does great in practice, but gets on the match court and just falls apart? What should we be asking of our child's coach to help them 
get to this place where they understand point construction. What did you learn today? Did you learn how to play today or did you just hit balls and go home? And then what do you what say did, to the coach if the, kid says, if the kid says, oh, we hit, you know, five buckets of cross-court forehands today? Then, then what? What do you what do you do about that as a parent? Well, I mean, is is that what the child needs? Is that productive? I mean, you know, is, is do they need that? Okay. Right? Or, or time could be spent they more don't. wisely. Right. Assuming they don't need that. Assuming the answer is, you know, this is a 15 year old who has very nice strokes and knows how to move and can hit the targets. I mean, does the kid approach the coach? Does the parent approach the coach and say something about the lack of instruction around point construction? As a coach, well, what would you want to hear? As, as, as I say, results don't lie. So if, if you're a serious you know, parent and, and a junior player and you're not having the results, then, then, you know, then there could be a red flag. No doubt about it, right? And if your okay. child is struggling in tournaments and they don't really know what they're doing and they're flustered and, and they don't know how All to right, handle the moments and the stresses. But give us some tactics to use as parents approaching this with a coach. As a coach, what would you want a parent to come to you and say? Good question, Lisa. Very good. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we need strategies. I mean, that's the issue. Like, it's, it's all well and good to point out the issues that are happening out there. But if we don't have tactics to, to fix things, then it's just going to continue. And we're going to be frustrated and our kids are going to be frustrated. Well, so what, what's, what, what, what are the results of the coaches? Right. What, what, what are the, what are they good at? You know, what, what, what type of universities have they sent kids to? Where have those kids played in the lineups? What were the level of those kids? Um, that says that to me, that says it all of what's okay, being but, developed. But let's say you're in an, a part of the country where there aren't a lot of options in terms of coaches and you can't afford to move down to Florida to have your kid train with Todd Whittem. So you're stuck with the coach you've got. The coach is an excellent player. You know, they may have a great resume of their own tennis abilities, but for whatever reason, the coach isn't teaching point construction. How do I, as a parent, talk to the coach and say, hey, you know, I my kid's strokes look great. Um, he's moving great. She's, you know, she's happy. She's having a great time out there. But I watch her in tournaments and I I don't see any kind of organization or thought process going on. Is this something you can work on with her? You know, or is it something I can help her with? I mean, is that something that a parent can say to a coach? I mean, I, I, I think it's tough. What, what I do think is that they should request that coach to go watch the child compete. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and hopefully the coach has a, as a background and the knowledge in, in, in teaching kids how to play, not just strokes mm-hmm. or movements, 
Right. And uh, I will say that if, if you request a coach to go watch your child play in a tournament, offer to pay for that time. I mean, if the coach doesn't say to you, I'm charging you for the time as the right. parent, you need to offer to pay for the coach's time, because if they're watching your kid, that's time they're not getting paid to teach somebody else. So right. just throwing that out there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. So you have to, you have to watch them compete and you have, and you have to really pay attention to, you know, to, you know, what, what's happening, what, you know, is, 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 is your students, are, are the techniques breaking down? Are they mentally breaking down or physically and, and how smart are they playing and how they're handling the pressure situations and, and the atmosphere. And, and, and there's so many things that you cannot duplicate in practice and and you know you know that 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 happens in a tournament so 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 th those are those are tough things um a child resorts back to their comfort zone in 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 a tournament right what what their habits come out in tournaments in the most pressure situation which which for for you know for junior players is, is a tournament situation so that that's what you assess as 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 a coach how well they understand how well they understand their opponent's strengths and weaknesses and how they're going to break them down right and and right. and and you know that comes down to the tennis IQ of of your student and mm -hmm. how well they've been trained and so if you are a parent with a child who is as Todd described at the very beginning of this podcast plays great in practice but for whatever reason, the results aren't happening on the tournament court, then it's time to really insist that the coach come watch not just five minutes of a match, but an entire match, maybe two matches, maybe three matches, and really see what your child is doing and going through on the match court so that the coach can then address those issues the next time in practice. Is that what you're saying? That would be ideal. That, yeah. would, that would be, that would be really good. Now, ho hopefully the coach understands how to teach junior players, how, how to properly play. Right. That's, 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 you know, that, that's another discussion. And, and, and quite honestly, I've had coaches send me players that, and some of them I don't even know, and and they would tell me like, listen, I'm I'm good with kind of the technical side, but I can't, I don't really understand like how to teach them how to do the things that we're speaking about. Mm -hmm. I've I've had multiple coaches, you know, send me messages or send me players over the years, right? And so they they understand, they understand their limitations, and maybe they're very good in teaching certain aspects of of, of the game, but maybe maybe not this particular you know, the, these, these particular things. Um, so, you know, just, you know, you, you have to, you have to understand, I mean, you have to, you know, I think, I think great coaches can adapt to many different students, male or female, different, you know, game styles, body types, all different types of stuff. And they can adapt and they can, they can structure a game so that they can play their best tennis when it matters most. Right when yeah. they're when they're in their latter stages of junior tennis and then on to college tennis, that that's what great coaches can do, I believe. 
Well, I agree with you. And um, with that, we are coming to the end of our hour, Coach Todd. So any last words of wisdom you want to leave our audience with? Well, I mean, I, th- I think we covered it, covered most of it. I mean, I believe that, you know, I, I, I see a lot of kids and they're drilling and they're in groups and they're, and they're taking a lot of lessons and, and, and everything, but the results many times, you know, are, are not there. So, so that's, that that's concerning. And, uh, and I've been to plenty of tournaments and, and you see a lot of kids lacking in, in these areas. And if, and, and it has nothing to do with talent, but to me, it, it has a lot to do with, with training and, and who's, you know, who's guiding the kids. And, and so if you can find the right people to be teaching these, these crucial things, I think the children can do great things. But if, but if not, I, I believe that, you know, unfortunately they're, they're going to plateau in their, in their development and they're going to wonder why. And, and so a lot of times the, the tennis IQ of, of the junior players is, uh, you know, is, is lacking. And it's not only the junior level, the, the college coaches are saying the same thing. So, yeah. but, you know, these things are taught at, at, at you know, in, in the junior stages of development. And uh, if, if, they're, if they're not taught, then, then it's, it's going to be a rocky road. Agreed. Well, Coach Todd, thank you as always for sharing your wisdom. I think we should start calling it Widom's Wisdom. What do you think? <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever you like to call it, Lisa. <laughs> I will have your contact info, including your social media, in the show notes. So for those of you listening, if you have questions for Todd or would like to reach out to him, check out the show notes on parentingaces.com and all his info will be there. Todd, thanks. It's been fun chatting with you. It's now that we're on different coasts and different time zones, you know, it's it's been a little wonky, but um, I'm glad we finally made this happen again. Yeah, no, it's fun as always. I enjoy every minute of it. Well, thank you. And to my audience, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll share the podcast with your tennis community. For all the information you need to navigate the junior and college tennis journey, be sure to check out ParentingAces.com.